The fun is in the work. The fun is in the process for me anyway. I like investigating a character. That stuff excites me. Anyone can learn lines and hit their marks, but that's McDonald's. I don't want to work at Macca's. Yeah, I just, I, I like the process. That right there is our very special guest for episode eight of The Good Thief, Nicole Shimon. I'm your host, Joel Jackson. Welcome back to a great episode. Uh, this is a really good chat with an actress who has been working away behind the screens for a very long time as a hard-working craftsman, uh, craftswoman, beg my pardon, and has now made a massive resurgence into our silver screens with Safe Harbour, Romper Stomper, and now On The Ropes, which is on SBS iView and SBS um, every Wednesday night at 8.30. And she's killing it. Nominated recently for an actor and a Logie Award, Nicole Shamoon is someone who is so unbelievably hard-working and humble and courteous that whenever you're working alongside her on a set, it's impossible for you not to be taken to another level and to do the best work that you can possibly do. And this is what we happened on um, on Safe Harbour with Glendon Ivan, who took Best Direction uh, at the Actor Awards home, and that series also took home Best Screenplay, written by Belinda Chaker. So if you haven't already seen Safe Harbour, do check it out. It should be on SBS. Uh, and also check out the interview I had with Glendon Ivan for Episode 6 of The Good Thief. But back to Nicole. She deserves the attention, so let's give it to her. She is one of those people that when you're around her, you know that you're going to be doing good things because the focus is minute and it's precise and it's clear and it's also connected to a whole amount of empathy. So this is an actor's episode. If you're looking for a reason to find grit and hustle and hope amongst the midst of bullshit that often surrounds this industry, this is it. Nicole had great success earlier on in her career with Kick for SBS and then spent a lot of time auditioning and doing smaller roles, working in restaurants and waitering and, and all the bits and pieces and writing her own material, but always working away at the grindstone and it's paid off in a massive way. And she hasn't changed a bit. I'm really glad I got the chance to sit down and chat with her. Nicole, thank you for your time and for your honest opinions and also the insight into your process. It's a beautiful chat. Enjoy the episode. And, of course, travel safe for Christmas if you're going anywhere. Uh, the Good Thief guys are sending our thoughts. It's just me, but I hope that that's enough to warm your heart. Get home safe wherever you're going. Travel safe. Be well. Come back. There'll be another episode up on Monday. And I've got a great season two lined up already with some special guests coming on board and already doing a bit of pre-record for you all. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy this episode with Nicole Shamoon. Be well and uh, enjoy the thieving. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you're a boy and a girl listening to this, that's pretty cool. That's pretty special. I didn't know we were going to reach out to boys and girls. But ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are listening, hey, what's going on? <laughs> the guest is just like, what have I stepped into? <laughs> um, my name is Joel Jackson. I'm your host of The Good Thief. And today we're sitting down with an incredible actress who's very brave, intelligent. Um, I've worked with her on, on a program we did for SBS recently, um, Safe Harbour. And she's an actress that throws herself into the circumstances and into the portrayal of her characters in such a way that as soon as you kind of walk onto set and start to begin to work with her, your respect just it goes leaps and bounds because she's such a hard-working and such a down-to-earth person. And that they kind of sometimes they don't go hand-in-hand in, hand in this industry and it's a very rare and beautiful thing to have. So, Nicole Shamoon. Good job. <laughs> we literally sat down before. I'm like, no, my name is not a Michael Jackson song. Nicole Shamona. 
But Nicole is, is a fantastic actress. She was just up recently for uh, Most Outstanding Supporting Actress at the Logies mm -hmm. for her role as Zara in Safe Harbour. Straight after Safe Harbour, about a week after we finished wrapping on that, she went into a role. She landed um, Layla mm -hmm. in Romper Stomper. And after that, she's just done On the Ropes, which is just uh, aired and is airing still. No, no, which airs Wednesday night at this 8.30. Wednesday, this is why I can't find it on <laughs> SBS That's correct. Demand. Yes. Okay, so Wednesday, 8.30. This will probably go to we'll – probably, this will probably go live two weeks from now. Okay, so now it is on SBS On Demand. Okay. <laughs> and it's called On the Ropes and you play a boxing trainer, I Amira. Do. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of – this has been given a huge um, rap recently because of, well, not only the topic, but but also because of the representation that's being seen in on the ropes. I mean, you play you play. Um, it's based around an Iraqi family, yeah, who are a boxing family. Your father is an ex boxing champion mm -hmm. who um, is he gets you into the industry or not? Like, what's the he? I mean, we've been surrounded by boxing our whole lives. He. Um, he runs a boxing gym out in the western suburbs of Sydney. So, and we all work at the gym, and so it's a it's a family run business. So, right, yeah. And then you get involved, and he doesn't want you to remain involved. I've always been involved, but I decide to take it Once professionally, and yeah. he and that's when he kind of says, "Uh, uh soz, <laughs> soz, <laughs> definitely not soz." It's, yeah, yeah, it's actually no, sorry, no, mm. don't get involved. Yeah. So, how long did you film that for? Uh, we filmed in Sydney for six weeks with two-week pre-production, which uh -huh. included um, boxing training and all of, all of that fun stuff. Did you dig it? I, yeah, I dug it. I mean, I, I'd been doing it. I'd been working on the, the boxing side of things for months prior to. I started working on that from like a month out of the audition. Really? Like, yeah. So how did, did your agent say, hey, look, keep your eye out for this thing. It's on the move. I, the project is on the kind of green lid. It's funny because I... I have known about this project since Safe Harbour. Whoa. We had a dinner one night with SBS and it was mentioned to me that this project was going to be made. And uh, And I just began to manifest. So I knew it was coming and I knew I, I wanted to do it. Uh, so once I heard that the auditions were about to begin, I kind of went full throttle Yeah. and hired a, a coach and started training and just tried to get it as much in my body as I could before the audition stage. Yeah, this is what I mean. You want to throw it like there's not a lot of people <clears throat> we're talking about it just before we started recording, but there's not a lot of people I find. Um, uh, well, there are. I don't mean that. I'm sorry to everybody who's listening who is that person, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't come across it that much with people who throw themselves into thing even before auditions begin or you know, developing the character way before anyone would kind of normally go, yeah, that's okay, you can start doing that now. Um, have, have you always done that? Uh, yeah, I have. And that comes from my training, I think. That's the way I've, you know, I've learnt to do it and it's how I love to do it. Yeah. And I think especially for this character because the physicality of her is so far from who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, I'm not physical. I've never boxed before. I didn't know that world at all. So I, it was really important to me to just to learn a bit about that before I – to give colour to her voice from the audition round. Um, yeah, so that that's why. But I, So, I, yeah, I know a lot of people who work this way. All, you know, I, there's a big tribe of us who, who dig the shit out of this, <laughs> this way. <laughs> what, what, why is it? What technique is it? Uh, I mean, there's not, there's, I mean, 
I guess it's method, I guess. Um, I study at the Melbourne Actors Lab with my friend and mentor, Peter Carlos. I've been there on and off for eight years now. Uh-huh. Um, still training now? No. No, I've been working, <laughs> so I've not been training. I do go. I do go in. T- sometimes I'm lazy, and I know if there's prep work I need to do, I just need to be in a space yeah. that is not my bedroom. So I'll yes. go and just work in the space um, with some, you know, really generous actors who are prepared to like just set up a random scene and just go with me on it, which yeah. is great. Um, but but Meisner, I studied the Meisner technique as well for many years, so. I guess it's just about like finding the specifics of the character in you, the physicalities, what do they eat, what do they wear, where do they work, what music do they listen to, um, so that it's, so that it becomes personal, so it becomes mine and no one else's. Yeah. And you're the talisman and you're the owner of that story. Yeah. Anybody else kind of. So in that, because I had an interesting thought, because when when you're doing work, do you find that you listen to yourself more than you do, say, like, to the script or the director? Like, who do you listen to more? Just because of that thing of knowing the character so well and kind of going, well, I believe that this... And, and not in kind of the egotistical way of stepping in and going, no, I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, right. But knowing that... Um, I don't know. There's, there are certain elements where you go, I take that direction on board and I'm going to kind of channel it through my own voice of what I know to be true for this character. Mm. I think I think what we do is a collaborative experience and it's necessary that we work with others to get there Um, it's not the same way all the time I think if the writing is good then a lot of your answers are in the writing Um, and a lot of the inspiration comes from the writing too I think if you have an incredible director who's open-minded and who's open to um, ideas and invitations then that's awesome too Um, yeah, no, I'm, I never go in – I'm always open to having my mind changed as long as there's an essence. This is, this is so wanky, this acting talk, but I, no, it's I cool. dig the shit out of it. But is, it. As, long as, there's an es- as long as I have an essence of who that person is and I'm open to – like Nicole, me, I think I know everything about one topic, but then you could – Joel, you could give me an idea and change my mind completely. And so I think it's the same with characters and choices. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Because I came in, I remember doing, or what we're doing now, like the modern Miss Fisher thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, this character, Detective James Steed, is like, he's the guy. He knows everything. He's all over it. He is the the, the beginning and the end of all the kind of um, necessary storytelling stuff. Right. You know, because every male that I've ever played has kind of been that. You know, know, walking out onto the set and then realising that it was a female-driven storyline, you're kind of going, oh. Okay, so that it's she's, not about me. It's not about me, no. <laughs> and it's going to be, it's going to be that she's the beginning and end of right. the stuff. And then so it took me well, probably like two, three weeks mm-hmm. of shooting to go, okay, so hang on. <laughs> but that's great because you do need those things to shake it up. And that's, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think it's good to go further with the character and then be told, pull it back. Yeah, totally. Rather than go, well, I'm just going to rock up to set and suffice what, whatever level they need me to be yeah well there's no fun in that like the fun is in the process for me anyway like i like investigating a character i like getting dressed like zahra putting on the hijab and going to ikea and buying a bed which is what i did like and putting petrol in my car and just that stuff excites me it's not like 
anyone can learn lines and hit their marks, but that's McDonald's. I don't want to work at Macca's. It's not like I just I don't. So yeah, I just I, I like the process. All right. Well, favorite. What's your favorite story? What has like not one that you've done, but what is your favorite? Like, do you have a favorite film or a favorite storyteller? Uh, I have many. I have many. One that I I was speaking about the other day is Julie Delpy. I think she's incredible. She's a um, she's an actor, writer, director. Uh-huh. She, so she's yeah, you're looking at me confused. You don't I'm even like, know who she is. No. She's the actress in the trilogy, the, the before and after sunrise, sunset oh, Ethan with Hawk Ethan Hawke. Yeah, that's brilliant. Julie. She's like I've got the biggest crush on her ever. But she and she she did um, I think it's from Paris with Love, New York I Love You. There's like other films, but she. I don't know. She's a strong, intelligent, emotionally charged woman with a voice that I really like. And she tells a story. Like, it's just relationships and people talking about their stuff. Um, She's incredible. Yeah, I think she's great. But it changes. Like, it's like asking me what my favourite food is. I have many. I don't have I don't know. You know, what am I feeling like today? Yeah, totally. What am I in the mood for? Do I want to be a Yeah. Do I want to be... Totally. Do you, as a storyteller... How do, how do you steal inspiration? Like, do you? But, I mean, you can be inspired anywhere from anything, really. I think you just need to be open to it. Um, I like watching people. <laughs> I'm a creep. And you're a public transitor? Yes, I definitely am. Um, I'll spend like I spend a lot of time just hanging out in the gym that I, that I trained in and it was run by a woman as well. But I just like would hang out and take my script and my diary and my journal and I just would spend time and watch people and I got a lot of inspiration from, from there. Yeah. Um, music is big for me. Um, f- smells. Smells? Yeah. Like, sen- sen- like sensory, like senses. Yeah, like almost the Lee Strasberg yeah. sensory stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. And so, like, in regards to food and what they would cook and – or maybe yeah. even, like, what their clothes would smell like and what kind of perfume that they wear. Yeah. So, how do they – like, All are of they the above. seeking attention or – Yeah. They, yeah, wow. All of that. I mean, food – That's really cool. Like, I cooked a lot getting ready for Zahra, like, just because food is so much a part of their community and – Yeah. And a lot of us ends are in the kitchen with the family. Yeah. And so, the we – like, know. Haz and I were lucky enough we did – Hazm Shamas just – yeah, yeah, Hazm Shamas. We took on the lucky for right? best actor. What a legend. Good man. I love that man. Um, we – Glendon calls it an emotional recce. They allowed us, like, go into the house and, like, just spend time in that space and make co- – we were making coffee for the crew in between takes just to, like – and the smell of the coffee. Like, it's yeah. – you know, it's Arabic coffee especially. It's – yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 like, sense my senses are – That's brilliant. I like that because I'm very – I'm very – Oral, like with sounds, right? So, like what I was saying before about the the project that I'm about to do, the guy, I've got a certain idea about what this character is, and I put animals to to characters and things like that. And it's like the way that they move through a space, or the way that they talk, and the rhythms. Like to me, Detective James Steed is a, he's a working dog. Yeah, you know, because he's a detective, he works hard. Yeah, you know, nose to the grind. Always hard, always at the heels of things that are bigger and scarier than him, but he's attacking it. Mm-hmm. So he's short, sharp. So what kind of dog? 
He's like a blue healer working dog, okay. like a red healer. Okay. Which is like one of my dogs that I had when, <laughs> I, was a pup, when, I, was, when I was a pup when I was a kid. <laughs> but that's his delivery. It's kind of dry and short and sharp, um, kind of breathy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's on the run. Um, whereas this other guy is like an owl. So things are much softer and slower and really tonal and not a lot of consonants, like more vowels and just kind of sing-songy. So that's... And so do you... How do you get that into your body? Like, do you rehearse like that? Do you spend time in your space before shooting? Like... Yeah, not on set because people... (laughs) (laughs) Just walking around like flapping my wings, feeling like, what the fuck is this? No, but like... Because uh, we were talking about this too before we pressed the big red button, but people on set sometimes nowadays are a little bit hesitant to see an actor do a process and they mm-hmm. don't want to see that. They kind of want to see people, like you're saying, hit the marks, learning their lines, knowing what their light is and kind of getting it done in and out, two takes because we're moving so far. Yeah. So a lot of my homework is done here at home. Yeah. In the trailer when I wake up, or not when I wake up, but when I get to set and we've costumed makeup and I've got 15 minutes post-breakfast to then get into set, yep. I'll go through three exercises that to me are vocal things or, or stuff to get me in that in. body again and in that mindset. And then I'm there yep. and I try to stay in it all day. Yep. Um, like if I were to do an accent on set, I'd be in the accent all day because – like it's it's too hard it's too hard to kind of come out and do it totally totally when i speak to actors that are on set doing an accent and they come out and they start talking to me i'm like dude you can stay in the thing and they're like yeah but it's hard you're like isn't it harder going back yeah like and then you feel like you're kind of doing a token voice for five minutes a day totally but then there's all that stigma behind it and you feel embarrassed and what do people think like it's getting past all of that and trusting your process that and that takes Courage and practice, I think. I don't know if I could have done it 10 years ago. Like, Really? Yeah. It. My teacher's firm on that, like, you know, don't just worry about your work. Do your work. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing or thinking. Mm. You know what you need to do to get there and that's all that matters for everyone is for you to do the best job you can. And so just do that. And that was – and it was tricky with Safe Harbour because I – because all you Australians were so lovely and I lo- like I loved spending time with you and was in awe of your work. I obviously knew all about all of you before and um, but Zahra thought that you killed her daughter and so I could not engage and participate in you know lunchtime. Hanging out, ch- and chat and banter, and get you know, and hang, like I just I couldn't do it. I could not drop it. I had to stay in it. And as soon as we wrapped, you know, I was happy to hug you all and thank you for yeah. understanding and being there to support that. But I I had to. It was the only way. It was yeah, especially with a subject matter like that. Like yeah, I, cu- I couldn't just drop in and out. But that's hard. Like I, I felt myself wanting to apologize or just be like, yeah. hey, just so you know, I'm. De-. But I was like, no, don't because then that. Then you may as well not do it. Like you had, you know, yeah. it feeds the work. If people feel aw- like that barbecue scene so awkward. was so I awkward. Like I wasn't a part of the scene as actor. Yeah. I was there on the day because I wanted to see it. Um, but you're dead right. And, and I think 
awkwardness and stuff like that works. Like, oh, it did. It fed everyone. And like, I love that Glendon was on board. Glendon Ivan. Recently on this episode, on episode six of The Good Thief. And yeah, Glendon Ivan directed us in Safe Harbor. He he really respected my process and um, got on board and was asking questions and was really open to it. And so by that, I just remember that day, like coming to set and for whatever reason, no one will own this, but ha- Hazem, Robert Rabia and myself were all put in the one trailer and all you guys had your own trailers. And I was like, yes, this is the best thing ever. I, and, I, and I remember like Jacqueline McKenzie, bless her, she came straight in. She was like, darling, this is ridiculous. Get your stuff. You're coming with me. There's, and I was like, no, Jack, this is this great. Is like, want. thank you. But no, like this feeds everything. And so that was like from the minute we got on set that day to like, I think we ate lunch separately. Yeah, for a while you guys were eating lunch separately. <laughs> Robert, Robert, because we got along really well because we're both very similar intense. Like yes. a little bit methody and a little bit, we love it when, when it's called for. Mm-hmm. Um. Every now and again, he'd come and sit next to me and we'd silently <laughs> share lunch and then he'd go back and do his thing. But I loved it. And even up until the point where, uh, to me, what was when we did the scenes out at um, Raby Bay mm-hmm. and it was the finding the boat broken down in the middle of the ocean, of mm-hmm. the, like the Timor Sea, mm-hmm. um, on this beautiful like yacht and you guys were on that shanty fishing boat <laughs> that we had... Like a toilet. Yeah. We had snacks. You had snacks. We had a little fridge. You bloody had little snacks. Little food and stuff like that. <laughs> and then it wasn't until like lunch that day. Because we were, you know, on sets like that. And you and I were in a little dinghy all mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. doing the crossing to pick up um, your daughter. Mm-hmm. And that action of the, of the, of the storyline. But it wasn't until lunch that you guys came back and were like, yeah, there's no toilet. <laughs> there's no fridge. There's no snacks. We've got like water. <laughs> And that's about it. It was so awesome. It was, and like with 20 other extras and stuff. Oh, yeah. In the middle of, it was like summer yeah. in, in Brisbane. Yeah, it was great. It fed the story. It was so good. It worked. Oh, Paul Pacho <laughs> coming off and sitting there like, this is bullshit. Yeah, he's like, this is what I signed <laughs> up for. This is not, I don't care. <laughs> Where's the catering? But yeah, I, I think it's interesting, you know. I think, I think that kind of stuff, and it can go... One or two ways it can really make other people that you're working with a bit awkward or put them offside or you have to be able to read the situation and go, is it like, how can I do it in a way that doesn't lean on somebody else? Absolutely. Because you do have to be aware. It should never be at the detriment of someone else's process. No. I don't ever want my process to affect another actor. That's not fair. And I always respect everyone. Um, Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, yeah, but it's also about trust, not feeling like you'd have to apologize for your process. You should not, like no one else should be harmed <laughs> in the making of, but yeah, it's, it's really tricky. It's interesting. Like, because I study so much and I study with people who work the same as me, it was hard and weird to get onto set and see that other people work differently and that they were questioning or like, yeah, it's funny, like in between takes of some of the heightened emotional stuff, having crew come up and say, are you okay, Nicole? And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, no, but that's okay because the ca-. it was just, I was like, what are you asking? That's so, yeah. like, that's funny to me. Yeah. I ha- yeah, no, I'm with you because when we're doing Deadline Gallipoli and mm-hmm. you're running through trenches and throwing yourself around and 
doing all this heightened emotional things. And, and you're portraying, you know, men that haven't eaten probably for three months. Yeah. So you've all lost a lot of weight. You're all like 80 kilos. And mm-hmm. You're just like bag of bones type people. But people are coming up and going, hey, man, like, just sit down. It's okay. You're like, man, I'm in the fucking First World War. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. You know? Well, not like, not like that, but like, don't. It's my, it's my one thing is when makeup and costume people come in to do final checks. And they, people can either be really good and understand that like you, you, you are somewhere and you just need to be there for mm-hmm. five, ten minutes of this next take or whatever. Yeah. And they can kind of come in and bring in the world from outside with something that they say or do or like making a joke or taking you out of it. And I find that really selfish and I find it really hard to deal with. Although sometimes it's nice to have that there. But I mean, how do you go... I think it's. I think it happens because they just. And it's not. They're not part of that. You know what I mean? They're not part of your process, and they've got every right to do. It. I'm not having a go at those. No, people. no, no. But it's. It's more about. I think, even just me, like recognizing that it's that the gaffer doesn't need to be in a heightened emotional state totally. to do his job, and so, and 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 usually it's just like it's just a conversation, like, hey, I'm, you in know, this, do you mind? And then this, they're like, oh, sweet, team. cool, do your thing, whatever. Yeah. Um. And and usually, I mean, it's really nice when you you f- and you feel it, like the minute it goes there, when the energy shifts on set, and then mm-hmm. the crew's like, oh, okay, fuck, okay, that's where we're going, and then there's everyone comes along for the ride, and that's awesome. Yeah. Like that's that's really special i agree you can feel mm. the landscape change yeah and everyone goes great this yeah. is beautiful you yeah know, they're like, digging it yeah because they go when i read the script i wanted it to be something yeah you know what i mean they've all had their because they are your first audience yeah and they've all read the script you know once or twice and gone mm-hmm. this will be really interesting i'm looking forward to see how that plays out mm. so they do have a certain amount of respect when it does click into that gear and they go oh wow we are telling that story yeah which i think is really special but also, everyone's working 14-hour days. Totally. You know, you've got to... I know the one I said before about it feeling like it was selfish. It's like, no, they've got to do their own thing and they're probably, you know, they're staring at your face all day. Yeah, totally. They're also just trying to have a good time at work. Yeah, through, yeah. Know? So you've got to... But it's hard to... It's easy to forget that totally. when you're in it, like, when you're in your stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I've got five more of these today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. But it, it, it's great... In saying that, I mean, have you have you ever thought about writing anything and doing anything of your own, or have you? Um, I certainly have ideas, and I have collaborated with others, and we've created stuff. I'm not a script writer. I'm not very good at like putting things on paper. Um, but but I've when you're an unemployed actor, it's sometimes it's the only thing you can do to not lose your mind is to like be creating (laughs) so yeah that we've you know i've worked a lot with my friends and we've created short films and um and created scenes or characters just to kind of explore or whatever but um but no i'm not i'd love to direct i think i'd be really good at directing oh yeah yeah um, I love like I, I love putting self tapes down and working like directing friends with their tapes and like get, getting them to places that maybe they didn't think they could or whatever like that excites me. Yeah, you sound like you, and I know I know that you're a very collaborative artist because on set you'd be coming up and asking about things prior to a take or prior to a scene the next day or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're always very attentive to what other people are doing on set too. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm a nosy bitch. Yeah. 
Which is great. Yeah. Because I'm the same. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, is that what you're going to do? Like, not yeah. saying it out loud, but watching people going, okay, because, I don't know, you're, all, you're, yeah, you're part of the same collective story. So if you're yeah. not listening or not paying attention to, you know, what else is happening in the action of the scene. It's not just about us. No. We can't tell these stories by ourselves. That's what's fun about it, I think. Yeah, and I'm getting to work with some, like, phenomenal actors. Yeah, yeah, Jack Thompson on yeah. The Ropes, right? Yeah. How was that? That was, like, a dream come true. I was, I was like, a giggling schoolgirl. And <laughs> I, people like, Nick, you got to stop smiling. I was like, I can't. It's Jack Thompson. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, he was just such a sweetheart, like, so generous with his energy. And my character is very sassy and cheeky. And okay. she she'll come she'll fight anyone she'll take anyone on no one's too big for her and so i couldn't be intimidated by the fact that it was jack thompson because amira's not intimidated and so i i had to just kind of like act my way out of it at the start and he there was like a glint in his eye like he respected and admired my cheek, I think. And so that gave me the courage to keep going. And so he was so much fun to play with and he would offer advice and I would go to him if I had some questions or whatever. Like, our, there's, We have a lot of scenes together. Uh-huh. What's his relationship <clears throat> to you in this story? So he's the promoter. He's the boxing promoter. Okay. So he's like this dodgy <laughs> promoter who's and, – and like – and no one – and it's tr- true in real life. No one has time for the female boxing industry. No one cares. My mate, do you know Taylor Harris? No. I, no, I can't, was well, my mate. We're, we're mutual friends, but she used to play for Air Force Women's Carlton and she's just gone for the national title on November 17th. It was a draw. Right. With, a, with another boxer. But, you know, they're both amazing athletes, but apparently, like, the crowd wasn't. Yeah. You know, it was... It's a, yeah, it's the same with most female-driven sports. It like you, they're the they're the eye candy at these events. Like it's not, and so um, so he doesn't. The Strix's character doesn't want a bar of it, and so I hustle, I hustle her in, um, my girl, and it's fun. It's fun. Like yeah, it was just fun to play and like be challenged and to challenge. Yeah, is that how? Because you you talk about hustle quite a lot. Yeah, I'm a hustler. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hustler. Yeah. And there's so much of that in Amira. Like I loved playing this character so much because she is all the best parts of me. And I sometimes I have to remind myself that she is, is me and I'll I'll actively take her into scenarios and situations outside of the show now. Like yeah. in your own life and go, "Hey, look." Yeah, like I need, need a, I'm, I need to ch- channel Amira for this thing, like just to have the courage to own my voice and to speak up and trust my instincts and say no um, or say yes, whatever it is. Um, she, yeah, and nothing is given to her. Nothing was given to her. She had to f- hustle to find her in. Mm. Um, and I feel like I've there's been a bit of that for me in my career. <laughs> <laughs> because what, what – so walk us through – your career, because I have massive respect for what... I love that I say career now. It's so funny. I still feel like a knob saying it. No, I was like, I'm just an actor who's had a couple of jobs and hasn't had to waitress for a couple of no, years. No, it's, it's a career. Like I say, <clears throat> um, yeah, Pete, the only... I, I, I think that the reason why 
I feel a lot of people come up to me like mates who go, "You're so confident in this." Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, because I I just nailed myself to the floor and been like, "No, you are an actor." Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to say, "I am actor." Yeah. Because otherwise, I get a lot of people saying, "Well, how do I stop doing commercials and start doing TV roles?" I'm mm-hmm. Like by saying no to commercial mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. And by doing t- because like, if you don't believe it, no one else will. No one else will. No one else will. So you ha- you have to. Because Kick was your first. Was it your first? Yeah, it was my first anything. It was my. I think it was my first audition even. And it was in like two thousand and seven. Yep. Yeah, we and went to air two thousand and seven. I was. I'm not going to tell you how old I was. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> <laughs> how many episodes was that? That was. I think eight eps. Eight six eps. or eight eps. I what, think. What, what show? What network? SBS. SBS. SBS gave me my first ever job. And then. How many years between the next? And then I did like I had a guesty on City Homicide yep. and like a one-liner in a, a feature film. Yep. And that was maybe a couple of TVCs, like bits and pieces, but certainly nothing big. Um, and for for eight years, ten years, even. Um, and so I, but I never quit. I never gave up. I I got kick. I just finished studying. I was studying performance at Vicuni. Right. And so I got kick and um, I was naive. I had no idea. So I was like, oh, I'm an actor now. This is what I do. Um, and realised very quickly that that wasn't the case and was forced to find my passion for the craft, yeah. which I don't have to wait for anyone to give me. I can find it and do the work myself and I, f- I needed to f- I needed to feel a sense of ownership over this weird and fickle thing that we do because so much of it is out of our control and um, and so I fell in love with acting I fell in love with, with the craft and I was I started studying Meisner and I just was surrounding myself with the right people and watching things and reading things and then I was like oh shit I'm obsessed and I'm in love and this is it for life now I'm doomed um, you know, I accepted the fact that I would be broke and renting for the rest of my life and probably yeah. single and all the rest of it. But I was like, but there's nothing else that gives me joy like acting does. Yeah. There's nothing in this world that does. And so why would I stop? And that it doesn't take having a job to have that joy. I, I had that before people were employing me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then I, then I took some really hard hits. There was a couple of – I came really close to a couple of really big things and one in particular that I'd been a part of the process from kind of the first table read eight years prior to uh, it coming to life and it was never not going to be mine in my heart and it didn't go to me and I was devastated. I quit. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything for six months. I took a break. I just – I was like, a, you know, acting cheated on me and I was really sad. I ain't coming back. No, no, I'm done with you. Um, and then, so I, I mean, I quit as in I wasn't, I wasn't looking to be employed, but I never stopped like doing it for fun and for love. And that's when things shifted, when I like stopped needing to be, to have a job. I stopped needing it to be the thing that pays my bills and I just allowed it to be the thing that gave me joy Mm. and then my agent dumped me after 10 years they did a huge cull on their books and I was one of the first to go um granted I hadn't made them any money in a very long time um so and I so I hustled I was like okay if I want to do this I got to work out 
how I'm going to do this. So I just I reached out to anyone and everyone who ever had like knocked on the door or who had ever expressed interest or uh, like who was ever nice to me, whoever yeah. said a kind word, whoever employed me, anyone. And I just said, "I'm this is where I'm at. I'm freelancing. I'm seeking reps." like whatever you, whatever we can do um and then i um more if casting are like my guardian angels and they got me in the room for oh for safe Har- was it safe harbor yeah because Ye- they they were my guardian angels too for that i think no it wasn't safe harbor it was something i did just before safe harbor oh my god i can't even remember they got me an audition for something and then I booked the job. Oh, this is crazy that I can't – maybe it was Safe Harbour. And so then with that I went and to an agent. Right. And I said, hey, listen. hi, I have this, please take me. Yeah. Um, and that was Emma Rossidi and she was awesome. And um, Yeah, and then the rest is history. And then I, and then I just well, – I have worked and have loved and it. And it's been a year and a half. T- roughly two – I think two Nearly years. two years. When did we do... August 2000, yeah, it'll be two years. Yeah. Whoa! Right? It yeah. feels like it two feels years. Like, it feels like two years. Yeah. I feel like a very different person. Oh, me too. Yeah. I feel much older. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Finding, finding, the, finding the reason to love the craftsmanship and the reason to fall in love with the process... Mm-hmm. And falling in love with the failure. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I've had to learn to the past little bit is learning to fall in love with the failure after, especially after so much success so early on. Yeah, right. Like that was really interesting to think, oh, well, this is great. This is easy. Bang. Nope. Yeah. Doesn't happen like that, mate. I'm scared. I'm scared about that because I know that like no one, this run is ridiculous and. Um, I'm not scared that I won't ever work again. No, That's, but be. but but I know that there will be downtime, and it's not going to. The projects, and the caliber of projects are not going to yeah. always be the that's way that the, we that's like. The interesting thing. I'm Australia. so like, I would have, I would have picked these project projects if they hadn't have picked me, and that doesn't come around all the time. Like you know, <coughs> you don't always get. To choose great projects. Joel's choking on oh some water, God. just so you know. I put a lemon in that and I swallowed <laughs> it. <coughs> hey, buddy. But no, no, you don't. But it's tricky and like allowing your self-worth to be dictated by things that are out of your control. Like right now I feel great and, uh, you know, I have a show coming out on Wednesday and I'm nominated for the actor, whatever, but like I'm still going to be – Are you nominated for the actor for Best Actress? Best Supporting You. You! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, you should see my dress. Like, oh, yes. It's very bright. Now, the dress you wore to the Logue is that beautiful green thing. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Thank you very much. Hey. The brief I gave my stylist was, I want old Hollywood, please. Old Hollywood? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you see yourself within this industry? Ugh. Speaking of that, like my thing is, yeah, I want to be in the ilk of Daniel Craig, Hugh Jackman, right. Michael Fassbender. Well, you definitely are. Hey, great. <laughs> Thanks. But that's, that's, you know, when I have my vision board inside of my head, the visualisation yeah. and the manifestation stuff, that's what I think. That's yeah. what I see myself being and, and as. Yeah. What about you? Well, it's hard. It's like this whole thing of like knowing your brand. Mm-hmm. I hate that so much. Right. 
because I because I'm like I don't want to pigeonhole in any one specific brand, and I know this industry is trying very hard at the moment to put me in one specific brand, and yeah. and it's a part of who I am, and it's a part that I'm very grateful for. But it's definitely not all you are. It's not all I am. Like speaking, I think what you speak just so people know what we're talking sure. about is the fact that you are now quickly becoming the face of Australia's new. Um, Diversity on screen. Yeah. And, and that's an amazing thing. It is. But you are Australian as they come. Yeah, totally. And I just think, I always think that the right actor should, the role should go to the right actor. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And if I'm the right actor, then that's, it should be mine regardless of my ethnic heritage. Yeah. Um, you could just as well be a senator or a lawyer. Yeah. Or a doctor, teacher. Yeah. A person on the street. Yeah. Any Anything. Not just, you know, a religious... Or, 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 like, yeah, our, yeah, that person on screen. I just don't want, like, my ethnicity to be the thing that dictates the role yeah. all the time. And I'm not complaining about, like, these jo- – I would have chosen these characters <coughs> in these projects regardless. That's the truth. But, you know, I I, I want to be seen. you know, I want opportunities to be – I can do a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting started. I, I think you've done a really good job of doing that, though, in, you know, when you go to these – events and when you speak and when we go to those bits and pieces that we, that we have to do um, to to be that, to be yeah. the old Hollywood, to be it's a an opportunity a to like lady, to be a leading actress. It's an opportunity to like to show your personality and yeah and, and so yeah and I, and I guess for the Logies especially it was the first, it was my first anything really, red carpet, whatever really? and so I was like um, Especially coming off Zahra, who was very conservative, very religious, modest dressing. I was like, mm. nah, let's like get the girls out and like, let's, I've worked hard. And it was just off the, off the ropes. I was like, I've been training my ass off. Let's show the world. <laughs> that was basically, so that, that was the thought process behind that outfit. Um, and I had fun. It was really nice to be dressed up and out of my gym gear and braids. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Is <laughs> that, braids? Well, that was my world for eight weeks was yeah. like. Yeah, gym gear, gear and braids, which was fun, but you know. There is, yeah, there's a part of it where it's like, I really enjoy that. It's yeah. Quite good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to miss my suits. I wear suits every day to work. Yeah, right. I love it. Wow, well, bring it back. Beautiful hat. It's awesome. 1960s suits. Dude, just bring it back into your life. Yeah. I've got so many suits at the moment. <laughs> I love them. Um, but are, are there, speaking of like a chance to show off your personality and things like that, mm-hmm. being at these events, are there certain elements of yourself that you feel like you have to censor at, at any point in time, whether it be with interviews or, you know, like for me, I find that I'm very high energy. So when I go to interviews, I've got to censor myself in that way. But why? Why do you have well, to? Well, because I feel like um, the people that who they see as, you know, those cool leading males. But who's they? Who? Where are these ideas coming from? It's the people that we see. It's the the idea of the social media. It's the idea of you being written in this journal. On you know, as this journal, uh, this journalist writing you down is like high energy, da 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 da, and they see it as kind of a, a detrimental quality. Right. Not the characteristics of a leading man. Exactly. Right. So we <laughs> see the leading man as this quiet, cool, understated kind of thing. Right. It's definitely not what I'm about. But, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I know that it comes out of me in other places. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, I tap danced off the stage at the International <laughs> Awards because it was a super awkward moment. <laughs> me and Rada Mitchell were presenting 
like best supporting actor and it was like Joel Edgerton Mark Rylance like Samuel uh, what's his name he did three billboards outside Epping Missouri Sam Rockwell Mm -hmm. and these other like you know great actors man me and Mark me and Ryder Mitchell presenting and we throw to the visual you know Mm -hmm. and it doesn't come up uh oh so I'm just sitting there and I was like, well, and I just started tap dancing across the stage. Threw your hat down. And <laughs> oh, man. No idea what I was doing. A writer standing at the podium like, what the shit? <laughs> and then it started and then she walked off and I was like, da-da-da-da, like Fred Astaire, like let her off. People were like afterwards going, that was great. See, I, I like, love that. I know, but I'm sitting there in the room going, oh, man, there were so many people yeah. there that like thought I was going to come out and be, you know, I'm in Los Angeles and they want to see this. Man is six foot three, walk out on stage and be like, hey, how you doing? Or maybe they want to see this beautiful man who's six foot three, like do something quirky and like show some colour and personality. Yeah. I don't know. It's really tricky. It's tricky. And, uh, you know, I think also age comes with that thing of being like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I'm kind of comfortable to, now I'm comfortable being, that was like three years ago. Yeah, right. You know, now I'm like, I'll do what I want. Like, and I'll have a good time as long as I'm not hurting anyone or whatever. Totally. I'll, be, I'll have a great time and that's what people will know me for. Yeah. And there's stuff that, moments like that where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have. Oh God, I'm I'm learning. Like, this is the first pro, like, because I'm I'm the lead in this and most of the other cast is overseas. So it's been me who's having to kind of run the publicity side of things. Um, and I'm learning a lot and, and. I really, I don't want to, ch- I like, I like who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I like that I don't fit, the in, like, I'm, I'm an, I'm an idiot. Like, I'm a, I'm just a mess a lot of the time and I'm, and I like that about me. And so, um, yeah, it's tricky, like, finding the balance and, and all this social media and cur- curating a life that is not real and that is fake and, like, only showing, sp- like, I, I don't like that. I'm yeah, I'm learning. I don't have the answer to any of that. I think I'm really good. I come from a hospitality background. Yes. So I'm very good at um reading a room and working out what you need from me in that <laughs> moment. <laughs> so I can I can shift and change and whatever. Um yeah, but I think it's important to show a person that like they've hired me because I'm different from the other people and so I try really hard to like own those different parts of me yeah because i'm not i'm not going to say any names but i'm not those people i'm me yeah um and and just trusting and like having the courage to say and that's enough that's i'm good enough yeah (laughs) it's it's true like it's taken me years to be like no it's okay to be what you are like you know yeah I know, like, I'm young, but I've got an older energy. Yeah, you do. And so people will be like, well, you need to kind of find that young, hunky thing. I'm like, I don't fucking have it. Yeah. Never have, never wanted it. So I will do the stable things mm-hmm. and then in my own time be a loop. Mm-hmm. And hopefully one day they'll be like, let's do some, like, we'll give you the crazy thing. Yeah. Because yeah. they personally know me that that's kind of what. Totally. <laughs> you know, I think you just keep. The ADHD is like, wow. You, well, that's it. Like, just keep doing your work and and that's your job. Your job is to do the best work you can mm-hmm. and the rest will fall into place. And you will get opportunities to play those all out. Yeah, I think. Is there anything that you want to learn? And in regards to anything. Oh, my God. That is such a big question. Of course there are things I want to learn. Well, I'm glad there is, but what? <sighs> Um, 
I want to learn right now I feel happy but I'm worried that the reason I feel happy is because of the success that I'm having and I want to learn to feel happy without needing outside sources to feed that because it could go away tomorrow and I still want to be happy and so I want to yeah I want to learn that (laughs) I love it yeah the last person I had on this couch chatting to me was Samuel Johnson Mm-hmm. And he talked about, I think it's up on the wall. Yeah, intrinsic motivation. It's up on the wall. I, as soon as he said it, I was yeah, like, God. I love that dude. And because he'd say, he was talking about his own happiness and how he discovered and understood. And if you do want to listen to that, that podcast is still up um, and is a fantastic chat. But he speaks about learning to live without pain. And mm-hmm. that he could do that by making himself happy inside of himself. It wasn't about asking for outside. Right you know, validation about what he was doing and all those things. It was about like curating his own little garden Mm -hmm. and his own little courtyard and being like, well, it's beautiful inside here. And if, you know, you want to come and visit it and whatever you bring or whatever you kind of want to share, sure. But when you leave, it's still my beautiful garden and it still makes me happy. That's really beautiful and important, I think. Yeah. Especially with all the stuff, all the outside noise. It's easy to forget about that, that. So, yeah. That's us. Yeah. That's 46 minutes. Yay. That's us. So thank you very much, Nicole. My pleasure, Joel. You're an absolute star. I can't wait to see it. So On the Ropes is out now on SBS On Demand. Yes. When, what, yes, it'll, it airs Wednesday nights, 8.30, so there'll be two episodes to, still to air, but go to On Demand. And please watch and support Australian content and SBS because we get lost sometimes in with all the other stuff going on. But it's... You won't regret it. It's no, awesome. I doubt this show is going to get lost. It's been ticking on the boxes for a lot of people very happy. Yeah. And it's got you in it and you're an absolute star. Thank so you. Thank you for sharing your time with me. and having Pleasure. A chat. Pleasure. See you.